calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry, what did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration, we can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about? It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. If you want legendary service, if you, you want sweeter discounts, shop under with insurance. Get a quote and save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Hey everyone, this is John Rocco, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey, yeah. well, we're back again this week with a brand new bunch of geeky goodness for you all to enjoy. Uh, give you our thoughts on all the stuff going on that's hitting the top, the cream of the crop of the geek news stories here in the world of geekery. Look at Shannon's picture. Looks beautiful. It looks like he's got an Ethernet connected to his computer look at that look how nice and precise 
It's so good. You love to see Maybe it. Maybe I got sure. an Ethernet cable because one of my buddies was just an absolute mensch and sent it to me. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, well, Michael Vogel is good like that. He's a great guy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, but uh, we're going to get in so many things going on here in the world of Geekery, as we said. We're going to talk about the Captain America story. We're going to talk about a Shang-Chi first reactions and our experience going to see it last night at the El Capitan. We're recording it this morning. I am struggling from having driven five hours overall uh, in a condensed amount of time. Uh, and we're going to get into a trailers, 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 trailers today as well. But let's introduce ourselves first. I'm the outlaw, John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Outlaw Nation and on the Geek Buddies. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, and Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Boom. Uh, yeah, and uh, for those of you who are coming back, thank you very much for staying on the Geek Buddies train. We love you madly. And thanks for those of you who are listening to us on the podcast feed as well. Don't forget, the Geek Buddies is available in podcast format. So go and subscribe. If you support the Geek Buddies on YouTube, you got to support us on iTunes. Getting those numbers up will help us move possibly to a bigger network, get an even bigger audience, and expand the Buddies universe, the MBU, as I like to call it. The Master Buddies universe? I don't know. I don't. I couldn't. You know what? I came up with it on the fly. You guys come up with something. As I, five, five, like, hours, five hours. Five As I like to. As I like to call it. As I like to call it. I'm like. Ah, we call it's that? a fair point. It wasn't voted on. That's fair. You guys come up with something to name the Geek Buddies universe. The GBU. I guess it's the GBU. I guess that's the easiest thing to go with. Um, really, it's, those... it's low hanging fruit, is what we call that. It's low hanging fruit. It's it's just sitting right there. You just tickle it. All right. Anyway, uh, and, and 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 we're also and also for those of you who are new, thank you very much for joining us. And for those of you who are new, thanks for taking a chance on us. This is how the the show works. Each of us presents a geek news item. We talk about it amongst ourselves for your enjoyment. Take a little bit of a mini break and then jump into a main topic. So um, I think I start us off. Is that correct for today? I think I think okay. you do. All right. Well, last night, as we, if you follow us on social media, why don't you? We all talked about the fact that we were there last night in Los Angeles, reunited the Geek Buddies yet again uh, to see Shang-Chi, a screening for Shang-Chi. I got my boys in to see this thing over at the El Capitan. We had a great time having some dinners, dinner and drinks ahead of time, then rolled on into the theater, got to sit in the balcony uh, where there wasn't that many people, and we got to enjoy the hell out of this. We can't say too much. We can't review it because all reviews are not allowed to be posted till Monday, but we can react to it and read you some of the reactions. So we'll read the reactions from some of my colleagues here in the world of criticry. Uh, that's not a word, but in the world of criticism, and then we'll get into our reactions to it as well. First, let's start off with Brandon Davis. He said, uh, Shang-Chi is awesome. The movie hits all that Marvel does well, pacing, humor, character, and adds action like we've never seen before from the MCU. Lots of people are about to have a new favorite Marvel uh, hero, darker than expected, loads of fun, integral to MCU Phase 4. Drew Taylor said Shang-Chi is an absolute triumph, unexpectedly spiritual and emotionally complex, with some of the very best action in the MCU. Atsimulu is your new favorite Avenger in the movie's myriad of influences. My, my lady, Wendy Lee Zaney, who uh, co I co-host a show with here on the channel, she said, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings is phenomenal. Get hyped. Even fight scene slash action sequence is better than the every, sorry, every fight scene slash action sequence is better than the last. Scott Benzel, who is the who leads the Hollywood Critics Association, he said Shang-Chi uh, earns the title of the best superhero film of 2021 so far. The action scenes are simply spectacular, especially the train and skyscraper scene. Best martial arts I've seen in a long time. Uh, let's see here. Kirsten Akuna, she says Shang-Chi is fantastic. It's full of incredible, beautifully choreographed fight scenes and full of badass women. Get ready to know Simu, Simu Liu's name if you don't already. Marvel has another hit on its hands um all right those are some of the action those are some of the reactions from some of the critics here in the sphere gentlemen what do you think about their words and then what's your reaction to the movie not review reaction to the movie <laughs> i mean i definitely i i definitely agree i mean one uh being you know being in a theater again with that marvel logo like black widow was a blast like i had yes. so much fun in black widow but this is the first movie that's kind of pushing Pushing uh, the the MCU forward. Um, look, there are there are uh, performers who just look awesome in action, and mm -hmm. you know, obviously, not a spoiler. You've seen the trailers. Simu Liu looks awesome, punching guys, throwing roundhouse kicks. He looks fantastic running. I mean, it was just it was a blast. Mm -hmm. And in terms of the pacing, like this is the pacing and some of the sequence. This is uh, very. This is unlike 
uh, much of the MCU that has come before it. I mean, yep. this is just a different type of movie, but also so connected connected to the rest of the MCU without it being sort of a detriment. Like you don't feel like, well, we're just doing this movie to get to this movie. Right. Um, it, it is, it is its own thing, but it is, it is also very Marvel. Okay. Mike, Mike, what do you think about some of the first reactions and your reactions as well to the movie? Well, my favorite reaction is not my reaction. Oh, my okay. favorite reaction was actually sitting next to Shannon McClung during every action sequence <laughs> because he was bouncing up and down and giggling like a kid on Christmas morning. He was so excited. Uh, so the action met his expectations. I can attest I was sitting next to him. Uh, I echo what everybody said in in their in their responses and reactions to the movie. Um, I, I was so... I think I looked at you guys when the movie was over and just said that I was so happy. I... Yeah. Uh, the, the action is amazing. Uh, it feels like it fits in the Marvel universe, but it feels like it's a brand new part of the Marvel universe that we've not seen before. Mm -hmm. Simu Liu is great. Uh, Aquafina is great. Everyone is great. I mean, it's just, it's a great cast. Uh, it's a great new addition to the universe. Um, people will, like I said, be freaking out about the action sequences oh, and yeah. it just, it feels like. I know that Black Widow officially kicked off Phase 4, and I know that the Disney Plus shows sort of unintentionally kicked off Phase 4, yeah. but this feels like, for the first time, we are really stepping out of where we've been into brand new territory in some yeah. really interesting ways, some ways that you expect from looking at the trailer, and some ways that you don't expect. And yeah. I cannot wait for the embargo to be lifted so that we can actually talk about it all, because I know that the three of us have a ton to say, but oh, I think yeah. I can definitely say to everybody watching that um, if you've been riding the Marvel train and you've been riding the Geek Buddy Marvel train, uh, you're gonna be really excited. You're gonna have a lot of opinions. You're gonna have a whole lot to talk about. So toot toot, yeah. motherfuckers! Let's go. <laughs> I like what uh, what Brandon Davis said when he talks about a new favorite Marvel hero. Uh, um, and uh, Drew Taylor saying everyone, uh, Similu uh, as uh, Shang Chi is everyone's new favorite Avenger. Uh, I love Wendy touching on the action sequences. I mean, my my tweet that I sent out this morning when I finally had a chance to calm down was. Shang-Chi is the stuff that dreams and legends are made of. And that's, I really believe that it kind of a, akin to what people said, like this could be your new favorite Marvel superhero dreams and legends, right? That's wildly imaginative Marvel movie that is both emotionally grounded and steeped in the beautiful, fantastic lore of the Chinese culture. That hit me too. The Chinese culture is really prevalent throughout the movie. It's got charm for days, jaw dropping imagery, stunning action sequences. And Simulu is charming, dazzling and damn flexible in the lead role. Uh, and I said, Tony Luke and Michelle Yao almost steal the movie with their class and style. Aquafina is a damn pre treasure. And Menger Zhang, who plays the sister, absolutely brings it as Xiling. Um, Y'all are going to love Shang-Chi. That's my basic reaction to it. Mike? I also just want to add, like, you know, in a, we, obviously, in good ways and bad ways, in yeah. geek culture, we talk about representation, we talk about diversity. Yes, it comes yes. up a lot. Everyone has opinions on it on both sides True. as far as, like, you know, the reactions on Twitter. I think what Marvel did, you know, we just we're going to we're going to do our spoiler review of what if this week as well with the yeah, T'Challa yeah. replacing Star-Lord episode. And I think when you look at Black Panther and you look at how much T'Challa just really became such a beloved character for so many people in yeah. the MCU. Yep. Um, watching this movie last night, watching Shang-Chi last night, it really just felt like the same. It felt like this mm -hmm. wasn't like ticking a box. This wasn't yeah. saying, okay, well, we need to have an Asian superhero, so let's get one in there. This was, let's blow open the doors and yep. add a whole new world of representation and a whole new universe to add into the Marvel. Just like Wakanda really represented a whole huge addition, Shang-Chi kind of opens up the world to a whole new part of the Marvel universe that we haven't explored before. Yeah. And I think that's what happens when you do representation right. Yes. Uh, and it just makes me sort of super excited to see where we're going to go next. Uh, Shannon, anything more to add to that? I mean, the, the movie the movie is, Shang, is Shang-Chi's. And by the end of the movie, you... As much as you loved it, you can't wait to see more of him. You can't wait. Like, I can't wait to see him share the screen with Anthony yeah. Mackie's cap, with Thor, you right. know, with, with Captain Marvel. Like, these are all characters that's just like, oh, my gosh, that was such a blast. When do we get to see more of him? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think that's what I, I feel like that's what most of the audience is going to think as well. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm curious to hear what a, a lot I've been you know I follow a number of Asian critics, and I want to hear what their feelings are. You know, we can talk about representation, but people of Asian heritage, certainly Chinese heritage, how deep in their bones 
did this work. So many uh, uh, black critics, so many black fans uh, um, talk about how much Black Panther affected them, moved them, touched them. And as Michael touched on, will this be the same kind of reaction amongst the Chinese community, amongst the overall Asian community uh, in this uh, with this hero, with this movie, for sure? Because I, I think it, uh, you know, speaking as a Latino, I, I'm looking at it and I had I grew in my appreciation of the Chinese culture and I grew in my appreciation of these kinds of stories. And, uh, you know, to have a, a, a little bit of a larger discussion, I sat back and just went, this has always been here. The possibility of this has always been there. There have been fantastic artists from all diverse walks of life. They've just never been given the opportunity. It's like all it's not like all of a sudden, you know, Asian, Latinos, black people got all of a sudden good at making movies or good at telling their stories. It was just they needed the big machine to get behind them. Now that the big machine is behind them, look at the results that you get. So to me, I think uh, to just uh, to hop on Michael's point a little bit, it's so great to see representation, but it's also great to see representation done this well. I think well, that's really important. And also, I mean, look, everybody who listens to us knows that I'm always going to uh, talk about what I think Marvel does well yeah. uh, and occasionally what they do wrong, but they just don't do as much wrong as some other people. Uh, and I think yeah. you got to really give them credit to not only ticking the box on the front of the screen, but yeah. ticking the box behind the screen. Because I think that's yeah. what's really making the difference is yep. this isn't just let's cast uh, a black hero, an Asian hero, a Latino hero, an LGBTQ hero. Like this isn't just that, although that is really important and needs to be done. But by putting right. the creative vision in the hands of somebody who is going to tell an authentic story, that's where you get a Black Panther. That's where you get a Shang-Chi. And so that yep. uh, I think it's really important. And I think to your point, it's right. Uh, these 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 talented people have always been there, yep. and uh, it, it's kind of a shame that it took a movie making machine the size of Marvel yeah. to really open a lot of these doors. But also, kudos to them for doing it. Yeah, true, absolutely. Kudos to them for doing it. Can't deny that uh, for sure. Uh, Shannon, any final words before we move on? Yeah, I mean, Destin Daniel Cretton does an amazing job directing. Great this point. Film. No one's I mentioning mean, the director. That's a great point, Shannon. Please, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but go ahead. Yeah. No, he does. He he does a fantastic job. Like when you walked out of Guardians, thinking James Gunn is probably the only guy that could have done this. When you walked out of Black Panther, thinking Ryan Coogler is the only guy that could have done this. Walking wow. out of Shang Chi, it's like Destin Daniel Cretton is probably the only guy that could have done this. I great mean, point. it was just. It's very much if you're familiar with his past work. Um, obviously, I don't think he's not, he's never done anything this big before. But right. watching Just Mercy, Just Mercy, or Short Term Twelve, like this was his movie. This this is his movie just as much as it is Simu Liu's or Aquafina's or Tony Leung's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people standing for Tony Leung this morning, and I'm like, yo, 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 just because they didn't show him. <laughs> you know, well, I don't want to say anything. Whoa, slow down there, Tex. <laughs> Edit that moment out. We shall see. Anyway, more work for me. Oh, joy. Uh, all right. Anyway, so that, that is uh, Shang-Chi is coming out real soon. So get ready for that one. Uh, and, you know, trust me, trust all of us. You're going to have a great time with this one um, for sure. And we'll have our reviews come up next week. Monday is when we're allowed to drop our reviews. So I'll see if I convince if I convince these two uh, yahoos to join me over the weekend for a pre-recorded non-spoiler review or a spoiler review as well. We shall see. Uh, all right. Uh, where shall we go to next? Who's next? You know what? Why don't we just chill in the Marvel Universe a little bit longer? Okay. Uh, not that this is the most surprising news, um, mm -hmm. but Deadline has officially confirmed that Anthony Mackie will be uh, in Captain America 4. Uh, we all kind of assumed this was going to be the case, but it is now officially confirmed he will be reprising his role as Sam Wilson, the new Captain America. Uh, and again, as we already knew, uh, head writer of Falcon and Winter Soldier, Malcolm Spellman, along with another writer on the show, uh, Dallin Musen, Musen okay. uh, will be writing the movie. So again, not that this is, uh, you know, a giant earth-shattering piece of news, but it's nice to know that it's officially confirmed, he's officially on board, and Captain America 4 is on its way. Mm. Um, I think the big question a lot of people have about this is, when is it on its way? Because Marvel's dance card is pretty full. It looks yeah. like we won't be able to get a Captain America 4 till at the earliest, uh, kind of late 2023. 
Um, and then how does that fit in with everything else? I think, you know, look, we're talking about Shang-Chi and, uh, and everything that's going on with that mm. movie. We all know, thanks to Loki, that we have a multiverse that is going to be filled with madness in Doctor Strange 2. We know we have the Eternals coming. There are so many pieces of this universe going on that where does Sam Wilson's Captain America forfeit? So I think that's mm. going to be really, really interesting the more that we learn about it. No confirmations yet on whether Sebastian Stan is going to be in it as Bucky, uh, whether we're going to get, uh, you know, um, a bigger role for Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the Contessa. Like, there's a lot of possibilities. And when you look at Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, you can make a couple guesses on where that sure. might go. Uh, yeah. And I think as we see things like Hawkeye come out, as we see things like some of these other... Uh, uh, Disney Plus projects that are going to come out, you know, because we're going to have a lot of things going on leading up to when Captain America 4 would be, uh, you know, is this going to be a confrontation with him and John Walker? Like, there's a lot of potential possibilities. And given what Falcon and Winter Soldier really was about, uh, you know, when it was at its best mm. uh, with Isaiah Bradley, when it was really kind of touching on race and dealing with what it means for a black man to wear the Captain America outfit, um, I think a lot of people are hoping that Captain America 4 kind of continues on with that narrative and takes that narrative to the big screen. But uh, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, Jen? I mean, this, uh, obviously, like we, we assumed this was coming. Marvel has been pretty good about when, because uh, I guess they haven't done it. This was the first big announcement. Like we had heard that Captain America 4 was going to happen with Mal- uh, Malcolm Spellman writing, but this is the first confirmation, at least from, from, a, from a publication, like, yes, this is happening. You know, Marvel typically does a big splashy announcement and they mm-hmm. typically don't do it for just one movie. So whenever it's going to happen, I mean, I think they had said fantastic four was going to be the last movie in phase four, even though that doesn't have a release date yet. Um, right. Is captain America four going to be in phase five? I mean, personally, I'd like to see captain America four on July 4th, 2024. I mean, I just feel like that, <laughs> that kind that kind of lines up, but as Vogel said, like we, we don't you know do, what you it's do love, about. You do love that numerical alliteration. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it going to be Carrie Scoglin coming back to direct from the Falcon and the Winter oh, Soldier? Yeah. Are we going to get to see Anthony Mackie as Cap before Captain America 4? Is he going to pop up in something else? Um, yeah, there's all, it's just a bunch of questions. I mean, th- with release dates, I think they're up to Ant-Man and the Wasp with Quantumania in February of 2023. Mm. I believe that's the last yes. thing. And okay. we sort of presume Fantastic Four is going to come before that. But again, we're presuming. We don't know. Right, right. Um, but yes, this is this is exciting news. Um, I, I personally hope that Anthony Mackie's contract, whatever his contract is, that it extends past Cap 4, that we will, we will see Sam Wilson... Uh, uh, holding the shield for more than one adventure. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's exciting news. Yeah, I love it. I think it's great. You know, I think a lot, you know, you don't just introduce a, a Black Captain America and keep it on Disney Plus. You've got to give it the theatrical treatment. And as we were just talking about with Shang-Chi, you've got to put the machine behind it and see what happens and see how it plays out. I think there was a couple of balls dropped when you go back and rewatch Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think it was built out to be a 10-episode series that was cut down to six. There was a lot more to explore here. Why do we not talk about the kneeling? Why don't we talk about Colin Kaepernick? Why aren't we talking about more of the topical racial issues that would have gone on either as a historical artifact, because remember this is, what, five years in the future or whatever, or something like that. I think it would have been nice to see exploring a little bit more of the race, a little more of a harder conversation about race. And hopefully we're building to that in the MCU. you got to give space. You know, I know we all want to criticize and cut it down and burn it, blah, 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 but sometimes you got to give yourself some grace and them, the, the company, some grace to get there and, and what have you. So I think, hopefully, I think Captain America 4 kind of deals with that and kind of explores a little bit more. It doesn't pawn it off with just some dude with a with a, a camera phone that goes, oh, this is great, he's Captain America. Well, you want something more. Uh, so uh, so you're right uh, in that in that respect. Uh, that Clearly, uh, clearly you yeah. do. Yeah, I do. I really Clearly. do. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to touch on it, go all the way. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, you know, and so you're, you're right, Shannon. We have a, we have Shang-Chi on September 3rd, Eternals November 5th, No Way Home December 17th, Doctor Strange March 25th, Thor Love and Thunder May 26th. This is all May 6th of 2022. Black Panther next year of 2022 in July. The, uh, the Marvels November of 2022, Ant-Man, and then Cards of the Galaxy Volume 3 for 2023. Good God. I that one. Yeah, so... That's a you, lot, and and that doesn't even include the Disney Plus shows, Mike and Shannon. My God, you would you would think that after you wiped out half of the life in yeah. an entire universe, you would have run out of story. <laughs> 
Quite and the opposite. Clearly, clearly, that is not the case. That is not the case. <laughs> by a mile. By a mile. You, is there a breaking point here? Man, so many people have been saying, like, oh, superhero fatigue. Oh, the genre is going to go away. I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. This, I mean, what's last night? What number was that? 26, 27 in the Marvel Universe? 25? 25. 25th movie in a series you could argue is just as good or rivals the first movie or seventh or eighth. You could argue that movie. I've seen people already talking about it's in their top 10 of MCU movies on Twitter of people who've seen it. So that's incredible to do it in the 25th. Vin Diesel can only wish to do that with Fast and Furious 25, for God's sake. So there's so much well, to explore here. And it's not to change hands. Yeah. Not, not to be the wet blanket but the one thing you can rely on in life that is an absolute certainty is that there will be a breaking point like they're not going forever now that can go one of two ways like it can completely it can completely collapse and ruin itself or it'll go in waves uh you know pixar there was a time when you thought that pixar was yeah, well, it's true. But I mean, I think what will be interesting is to see not if there's a breaking point, because there will be. What will be interesting to see is how they handle it. Right. Like, there was a point where we thought Pixar could never make a bad movie, and then they made Cars 2. Um, and there was a point where Disney That's feature right. animation was the most amazing thing in the world. And then you hit the 80s, and you had a run of movies where it almost tanked Disney animation forever mm-hmm. until they kind of like worked their way out of it with Oliver and Company and Great Mouse Detective and Little Mermaid. And so yeah. I think that Marvel will dip, or take it another way, if you talk about the superhero genre as a whole, there was a time where Hollywood, you would have thought we would be making Westerns for the rest of the existence of movies. That's true. And then Westerns went away, but not forever because we still have Westerns today. People still love Westerns. People still make Westerns, not right. with the frequency, but it is a genre in and of itself. So will Marvel reach a point where they do sort of fall in on themselves? Like eventually, I hope it's far, far away. I'm excited to see where we're going to go. But yeah. when that happens, they can either say, oh, shit, we ruined it. That's it. Good run, guys. Or you can retool regroup and look i think the other thing that marvel has going for it is we've never had a movie franchise that worked in phases yeah true you know like this this whole concept of phase four like they succeeded in those first three phases of telling us a complete story that went bigger than we ever thought a movie story could go yeah and now we're sort of starting again and as we have seen in um, in getting excited about where Black Widow's going to go, as we have seen the three of us after watching Shang-Chi last mm. night, you know, there's definitely room for more stories. So it'll be interesting to see. It won't last forever, but I hope it lasts a very long time. <laughs> what if it did? Oh. What if it did? <laughs> what if it did? <laughs> to, to push back on Michael's argument slightly, oh! it seems like at this point, Marvel has transcended the superhero genre. Marvel yeah. is like a genre unto itself now. Okay. Now, fair. the superhero genre, I think, you know, as long as Marvel keeps making that big money, other studios are going to try to compete. I don't think DC mm-hmm. is going to take a break anytime. They're going to keep they're going to keep stepping up the plate and taking those swings. Yeah. But at this point, like because you know, you talked about Pixar and how, you know, we never thought Pixar would make a bad movie until Cars 2. Um, at this point, Marvel, you know, Marvel doesn't knock it out of the park every time. Like, no, they, right. but, but, sure. but they do have a very, very high batting average. Like, will they ever have an outright flop? I don't know. I mean, at, at this point, like, because we're so ensconced in it, it's really difficult to see that. Like, but, but it's numbers. Like, it, it, inevitably, something, something is going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, but at this point, I feel like Marvel is literally its zone genre. Uh, 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 of cinema right now and when you were talking about Vin Diesel this is a bad joke but that's why I started giggling earlier it's like oh. if, if they tried to do more Fast and Furious spinoffs <laughs> see Vin Diesel's quote being it's all about extended family. extended family wow it's all the about two constants the two constants in life right now Marvel will keep making hit movies and Shannon will keep telling really bad jokes that is the two things <laughs> That you can take to the bank. That is that is that is reality. I like Look, it. it's all in the eye of the beholder. I don't. That is a solid joke. It's all about who the hell is that guy? It's it's, that's what's it's all about extended. Oh god. Oh boy. Anyway, let's get out of this subject. All right. What's? Oh damn it. We go to Shannon for our next topic. All right, Shannon. Keep it together. What do we got next? 
Trailers, 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 trailers. As Johnny noted before, uh, we've got four trailers we're going to talk about today. And that last one is so big, it's going to be our main talking. But starting off with the three trailers we're going to talk about right now, three very different projects. So this one is actually a, a couple weeks old, but we would be remiss not talking about it because it's based off of a beloved comic series, Why the Last Man. So this is a series that came out in like 2003, I think, by uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra. And it's basically what would happen if everyone with a Y chromosome in the world dropped dead, except for a, a uh, up-and-coming uh, escape artist named York Brown and his capuchin monkey, ampersand so this is a property that they have been trying to do for a long time it looked like it was going to happen with dj uh caruso way back in like uh, i want to say like 2012 2013 maybe yeah. um but this is the guy who directed eagle eye and disturbia like the, the presumption was he would want to use shia labeouf because that, that was his guy at the time wow. so the the film version event like it was with new line the film version never came to fruition. DJ Caruso thought it's too big a story to do for one movie. He wants to do a trilogy. New Line wasn't sold on the concept to like go all in on three movies. Uh, and then they started talking about like, hey, maybe it's gonna be, maybe it's gonna be a limited series. And they actually shot a pilot. I think it was in 2017 with uh, Lashana Lynch, who was playing Ooh. Agent Three Five Five, and Barry Keegan, who was playing Yorick. And once the pilot uh, was finished and they're like, all right, we're going to series. They ended up having to ca- recast those two roles because they both went to Marvel. They went to Eternals <laughs> and and Captain Marvel. Um, so uh, we got the first look. It's it's going to be on effects. It's going to be a limited series. Our cast. Uh, ben Schnetzer took over as York Brown. Ashley Romans is Agent 355. We have Olivia Thurlby as Hero Brown, who is uh, York's older sister, and Diane Lane as Senator Jennifer Brown um, as his uh, mom. So the first trailer, <laughs> I mean, it, fantastic. I mean, yeah. really, really good. You definitely get those sort of post-apocalyptic vibes. Um, but yeah, I'll throw it to you guys because I've been talking nonstop for about three minutes now. Uh, gentlemen, <laughs> what did we think of the first look at Why the Last Man? I mean, this is initially every man's dream turned into every man's nightmare. You know, I mean, when you're the only man on earth, there's a lot of responsibilities here. Not every uh, man. <laughs> what, well, what do you mean, not every man? Not every man's dream. Not every man's Not nightmare? my dream. Well, not fair. my dream. That's fair. That's true. That's a nightmare for you right off the bat. Right off the bat. That's a fair point. But I mean, like you know, because you've got to be aside from all the funny jokes you can make. I mean, you've got to deal with the practicality of being. Of having to procreate the world to keep the existence going of doing you know essentially being in servitude almost i've never read the comic i should read this thing everyone says it's fantastic i should get on it um but i like the premise and i'm curious where to go i love diane lane getting to do something like this you know we've seen her as ma kent and and you know kevin costner's wife and never let him go or something like that uh, so, I, so we've seen her as kevin costner's wife and kevin basi- costner's yeah, wife i guess yeah basically <laughs> As, you know, kind of on the side. And I like this idea that she's going to be more of a prevalent, dominant role. Diane Lane's a fantastic, powerful actress. So I'm glad she's going to get a role like this in this show. Uh, And I love Olivia Thurlby being a part of this. I always feel like Anne Hathaway took her career. Olivia Thurlby is a damn good actress. And she doesn't work enough. uh, And it's frustrating to see that she doesn't work enough. So I hope this is a rebirth. Uh, for people and casting directors to see what she can do as an actress and start to put her in more and more feature films. I don't know the main guy that much at all, but I like the look of him. I like the cut of his jib. So I'm down with the, uh, and I like the overall approach of the trailer. I think the trailer looks very well done. So I'm curious to see what the, what the show is going to be in the end. Uh, Mike. Yeah, I love this comic book. Uh, this this is one of those great ones. There was, you know, there was an era where a bunch of things, it's around the time that Invincible came out, actually, but there was an mm. era where, in addition to all the DC stuff and Marvel stuff that was happening, there was a bunch of things. There was Invincible and Walking Dead, obviously. There was Why the Last Man. There was Ex Machina. There was a bunch of really, really good comics out there that kind of were doing different things with the genre. And this is a great great, great story, which is why people have been trying to get it made for so long and why fans have been wanting to see it for so long. And so when I saw the trailer, I was very excited because it definitely felt like the right thing. I think it is definitely a story that is much more suited for episodic. Um, There's so many twists and turns. There's so many different things to explore. Uh, And the thing that's really fun about it is that 
it actually really does. Uh, there's a big overarching story, obviously, and like the mystery of why did York and Ampersand survive, but really it deals with what happens when the world does sort of collapse and yeah. women have to take over all of these roles that because of the world yeah. we live in and misogyny, um, they there was a glass ceiling. And when that glass ceiling isn't there anymore, um, so it's an exploration of that while it's this adventure story, while you have this agent who's trying to keep the last man alive safe, and where while different governments and different groups and different organizations want him for different reasons. I mean, obviously, yeah. procreation is a key part of this storyline, but wanting him and what you want to do with the last man is very different depending on who you're talking to. So it's a really interesting, nuanced story. It really goes in a lot of different directions. It explores a lot of things, and I think TV... Uh, particularly streaming television. I mean, I know it's going to be on FX, but sort of premium cable slash streaming. It's going to be on Hulu uh, mm -hmm. in the States. It's going to be on Disney Plus internationally. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting ride. I really hope they do it right. Um, I'm glad that we live in an era right now where our comic book adaptations are being done right more often than they aren't. So yeah. I think Why the Last Man is uh, hopefully going to be in that category. And uh, yeah, like if you haven't checked it out, you've got some time. I highly recommend just going and buying the graphic novels uh, and checking it out. It is a super, super fun read. Brian came on is amazing. Uh, and it's just a great, great story. Yeah, and you my, have a little bit of time. A little bit of time, right? And I want to clarify, the nightmare wasn't, oh, a woman full, of, you know, a world full of women. I mean, the nightmare is the amount of pressure constantly that's going to be on you as the only living uh, representative of the one gender. That's, that's a lot. If, I, we, if it was reversed, I don't it think would be even more crazy pressure. I'm telling you that. Right I don't now. think anybody yeah. on this show is going to say the nightmare is women in charge. I think okay, we are okay. all very clear. We are all very all clear right. on that part is not bad. Being yeah. the last man on earth uh, and the pressure put on you, rough yeah. for you guys. Yeah. Being the last man on earth for me. Stressful for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's our so that, that, is, that will be debuting September 13th on FX. So our next trailer, uh, only a little 30-second trailer. <laughs> it's the type of thing that you watch and like, is this real? It is called Bob Ross, the famous painter, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed. This is coming August 25th on Netflix. Basically, it's about Bob Ross, the guy who paints all the happy little trees, and the battle for his business pyre that that would cast a shadow over, theirs, over those happy little trees, over those happy accidents. Um, you know, we all kind of grew up watching Bob Ross. Like it was, it's mm -hmm. the most relaxing thing to watch. It's been on Hulu and Netflix. It's the type of thing I would turn on and I'm like, I've had a stressful day. I just want to watch Bob Ross paint. And then just listening to, you know, the soft dulcet tones of Bob Ross as he's painting these ladies. <laughs> Where'd that tree right come out. from? Where'd that tree come from? He just made a tree. It's just there. <laughs> That's just a little happy accent. It's going to live right down here. I mean, just the most relaxing programming. And to find out that there was sort of a darker side to this story, super interesting. Gentlemen, what did we think of the 30 seconds of the Bob Ross documentary? Uh, Mike, go ahead. You're well, the artist here. It, I mean, I, I, it's not really, there's not, it's not a trailer so much as a warning. I mean, it's like, I agree with that. This isn't a trailer that tells you what you're going to see. It says, we want to tell you about it, but we can't. And for a, for a teaser trailer for something that's the most relaxing thing in the world, that trailer made me very anxious. I had a lot of anxiety in those 30 seconds watching that trailer. I love that it was in black and white. I love that it was quick. And, and it's a perfect way. You know what? Everyone's trying to show trailers to attract you by showing the most incredible visuals and action sequences and, you know, costumes and all this stuff and back and forth, really dramatic, tense filled moments. You get a trailer that's just black and white and an audio with no face. Uh, and it's brilliant. You just see Bob Ross there and then he fades, he blurs out. Then you see that we can't. And then you hear the voiceover in the dark, and I'm like, "This is great!" This now my curiosity is peaked uh, because, and that's this speaks to the power of Bob Ross. You don't really need to do much to attract the people who know Bob Ross, and the people who are into drama and true crime shit, they're in just from that 30 second trailer. Like, oh, this is great! This is a new thing I could jump into. I love it. So, the brilliant campaign there, and I think it's going to work. I think a lot of people are going to watch this thing. That'll be August 25th on Netflix. And our last trailer for the geek news topic section of the trailers 
is Star Wars Visions. So this Ew. is the, oh my gosh. So this was originally, oh. we were talking about this was going to be the main topic, but then yeah. another trailer came out. But Star Wars, <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars Vision, it's the uh, uh, anime anthology series created for Disney Plus by six different anime studios. And they are Kamikaze Duga, Twin Engine, Trigger, Kinema Citrus, Production IG, and Science Saru. Super interesting look. Um, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hand it over to you guys right now because there's gonna be a lot to talk about with this one. What did we think of that first look looks of Star Wars Visions? Well, like John said, you know, trailers traditionally want to show off big action sequences, <laughs> lots of cool visuals, cool costumes, and you know, that's basically what we got here, and we got a whole lot of it. Yeah. Uh yeah, look, this is I mean, look, this is something that I and I think we said this even when Disney uh, at their investor meeting made all the announcements and Kathleen Kennedy got up and talked about everything, I kind of said as an animation fan, I was really interested in Star Wars Visions, even though it's one of the things that we knew the least about, yeah. um, because it sounded really, really interesting. And uh, seeing this full trailer, I think it fully delivered on the interesting. Um, you know, it's going to be nine different stories. Like you said, it's uh, six studios, nine stories that we're seeing. No idea right now if these are... Is it going to be like the Netflix sort of uh, Love, Death, and Robot or Love, Sex, and Robots where it was like where these things are going to be kind of shorter form? Are they going to be full half-hour stories? Like we don't know yet, but they look amazing. Um, the titles of the nine uh, episodes that we're seeing are uh, The Duel, Tatooine Rhapsody, The Twins, The Village Bride, The Ninth Jedi, uh, TDB1, The Elder... Lop and Okcho uh, and Akaki, Akakiri. Akakiri? Akakiri. <laughs> Akakiri. Yeah. Akakiri. Uh, so, you know, a lot of really great voices. Apparently, you're going to be able to watch this either dubbed in English or in the original Japanese. You'll have the option. So that's really, really cool. Uh, and, um, you know, lots of really, really big voice talent uh, mm -hmm. that we're going to have as well. We got Lucy Liu. We've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We got Tamara Morrison playing Boba Fett. Uh, we got Neil Patrick Harris, Allison Brie, uh, just a ton of amazing, uh, amazing voice talent in the thing. And you know, look, from an animation standpoint, this is like the best of what anime can do. I mean, they're really diving into this anime. This isn't like anime inspired. This is straight up anime storytelling. And I think it's really cool that they are taking a risk and not going, we're going to do an anime. Look, I, as, and we talk about this all the time. I love that we fill in the gaps with Clone Wars. I love Star Wars Rebels. I love Bad Batch. Like the three, the, the three of us and Laura will dive in on all the Star Wars animation all the time. And we love to talk about how it connects to the live action stories, how it connects to the bigger mythology of Star Wars. These kind of look like, at least at the moment, like they sit a little bit outside of that. And I think it's really awesome that they took the risk to tell brand new stories with brand new characters that don't necessarily fit as easily into this is where it is on the timeline, but really just delve into like what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And yeah, look, that didn't necessarily have to adhere to the Star Wars, right. uh, Star, mm -hmm. the established Star Wars lore as well. Right. Some people have said online that these are going to be canon or might be canon. So that's interesting to see if that actually comes to pass. We shall see. I like that, as Shannon just mentioned here real quickly, the expansion of the universe in terms of powers and what they can do. And they don't have to adhere to what we've seen before. I've seen already some of the more traditionalist Star Wars fans being upset about this right the fuck out of here i love that this is happening and it's expanding the possibilities i love that we're getting another culture's interpretation and point of view on this because expand your fucking mind and this is great to see love the samurai aspect of it definitely the kurosawa stuff is there definitely you're seeing the the pokemon influence there definitely seeing multiple styles of anime being portrayed and as michael said in incredible visuals and great stuff to get you all on board on this but still having that star wars vibe that star wars feeling you get that good versus evil jedi versus sith it is all there for you to explore and the mystery of star wars as we expand the universe of mandalorian with uh with bad batch with uh all the stuff that's coming uh up soon from star wars and book of boba fett there's going to be more to explore all the books you know all the mysteries and the journeys and the excavations all the stuff that's happening in the comic books and in the books and in the uh, uh shows and, and movies we've gotten we're expanding the universe. This is a new way to do it in a way that is incredible. It's very reminiscent of Animatrix. Remember Animatrix came along yeah. right when Reloaded and Revolutions was falling flat on its face 
there are a number of people who feel like this last sequel trilogy kind of fell flat on its face. And so, boom, you have something like this coming on, like Star Wars Visions, that helps along with The Mandalorian, along with The Bad Batch, to kind of get people more focused and happy about being a part of the Star Wars franchise. So I'm excited for this. I, I, I can't wait, man. I can't. We're, and we're definitely going to review this uh, this thing for sure. I, I would like to put that out there because I love the combo of Japanese and Star Wars stuff in this. I can't wait. Well, those start streaming September 22nd on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Mikey, did you want to say one last thing too? No, uh, no, just that um, you know I think it's really lovely that it ta- that it's full circle. I mean, so much mm. of what George Lucas uh, was inspired right. by when he made Star Wars and he created Star Wars was there was so much Asian influence, there was so much sort of samurai influence, uh, as as John has talked about a lot. So I think that uh, so I think that the fact that we are sort of giving Star Wars back to uh, anime creators and saying, hey, take this thing and run with it it sort of comes full circle in kind of a really lovely, beautiful way that I think is going to really be effective when we see it. Uh, So I can't wait. Yeah, and The Mandalorian is a samurai tale. We know that, and I'm just joking. And Uh, a Western. (laughs) I I hope James Hong is the voice of the old craggly samurai we see in the trailer. I'm so excited to see him back doing voiceover work as well. Um, All right, yeah, as Shannon said, September 22nd for that one. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and get into our Big trailer uh, right after this. It's from the teaser. Oh, okay. no, I, I knew what it was <laughs> from. Yeah, yeah. That was, I was like, that was, I was like, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? Yeah, okay. I'll accept that. I was gonna start. One. I was gonna start humming Paula Abdul's "Forever Your Girl," but I wasn't oh, you sure should. if you guys are. Gonna get you should. That's, that's a good one to use. I like that. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into it. So this morning, uh, Marvel and Disney dropped the final official trailer for Marvel's Eternals, which is coming from director Chloe Zhao and executive producer Kevin Feige. This one starring Gemma Chan, Kumail Nanjiani, Richard Madden, Leah, Mc- Leah McHugh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Laura Ridloff, Barry Keegan. Barry Keegan's everywhere. Don Lee, Kit Harrington, at Salma Hayek, and of course, uh, the lovely and magnificent and chilling Angelina Jolie uh, in this film, Astina. Uh, with the first official trailer, obviously the final official trailer dropped this morning. Gentlemen, there's so much to, to explore here. Did we get Galactus? Go ahead. Have at it. Have at it. <laughs> we, we did not get Galactus. That, that is not Galactus? Not, that is not no, Galactus. No, that no, is no, not that, Galactus. Who is, no, who that, is that? that? That is a celestial. Okay. That is the same, same type of being that we've only seen the severed head of in guardians of the galaxy okay. nowhere that's the that's the same type that's the same type of being okay. so not, not galactus you were but you are not the first person <laughs> to have thought that yeah um i mean you know a lot of people didn't know how to really process the teaser because it was mm-hmm. it was a little slower right um right. There wasn't this big action, which, you know, for a Marvel movie, that that is slightly unusual. But I think you're dealing with you're dealing with a different type of property with Eternals. Um, This trailer definitely delivered on on that action, on that bigger story. Like you you, you got to see sort of what these people can do, like Icarus's um, eye, you know, heat vision, essentially, uh, 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 Thana's uh, ability to, you know, kind of conjure these weapons. I mean, it's it's a it was a super super cool looking trailer, and yeah, I mean, it, the fact that they are that they have sort of answered the question that everyone posed after the t- the teaser: Why didn't you help out? Yeah, and you see Jimma Chan, Cersei, like Dane or uh, uh, Kit Har- Harrington's Dane Whitman asks Jimma Chan, Cersei, why didn't you help out with Thanos? Mm-hmm. It's like we were told not to. And that's when you get that first shot of that huge celestial. Yeah. I thought the trailer looked, looked fantastic. And you're really getting a sense of the scope that Chloe Zhao um, is putting into this story. And, you know, there was a big focus on the fact that she wanted to shoot on location. That's, you know, a lot of Marvel movies, you know, you, you go to the soundstage, you get, you get in front of the blue screen, you get in front of the green screen because you want to, you want to construct this, you know, it, you know, in, enormous environment, and how she. I certainly think we will get some green, green screen and blue screen work. But you see the places that they're shooting these locations, like those are the actual places, and some of those immense shots just look 
fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Mikey? Yeah, uh, I mean, look, it, like, the, I think the big news is that they answered the question that everybody mm-hmm. posed, which is you have these super, super powerful beings. What have they been doing? And so right. you really do answer that. But I think more importantly, you answer it in a way that means that it's probably going to be one of the central pieces of the story. This isn't a, we want to tell this story and we have to come up with an excuse. This idea of what the Eternals are doing here, what the Celestials have tasked them with doing, and what they want to do moving forward, how they interact with humanity, seems to be central to what this movie is going to be about. Um, And central to that is we got a lot more, in addition to getting the information about why, um, why they weren't helping out when Thanos snapped half of reality. We also learned that when the blip ended and half of reality, half of uh, you know the universe popped back into place, that was a big moment that sort of caused this thing called the emergence, which has mm-hmm. something to do with the deviance, obviously, that is the impetus for why all of the Eternals who haven't really been hanging out together for hundreds of years are getting back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and another big piece of that that we got a big hint of is we already knew that Gemma Chan's character, Cersei, was going to be kind of the main character. Yeah. Um, um, and we know from just the information that's been released already uh, and some hints from the trailers that she and Richard Madden, Icarus, uh, have had a relationship mm-hmm. at points on and off again and that she is now with Kit Harrington. So we're going to get a little bit of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. style love triangle in there, uh, which I think is going to be a lot of how Icarus thinks they should deal with humanity versus how Circe thinks they should deal with humanity moving forward. So I think we're getting a lot more of this story, uh, you know, and what this family is like. You know, Chloe Zhao has talked a lot about family. Um, Angelina Jolie in interviews said one of the things that attracted her to this movie and this role was that she kind of comes from a non-traditional family. Right. Uh, and, and in Entertainment Weekly, producer Nate Moore said in an interview recently leading up to the trailer that Eternals is a little bit like being on a road trip with nine of your closest friends for 7,000 years. <laughs> uh, in development, in development, we joked a lot that it's like if Tony Stark and Steve Rogers lived together for that long, that friendship would turn into frenemies and then turn into enemies and then come back around to friendship because you have that common bond. It's like a family. And so I think what this trailer really showed you was this family that kind of came to Earth did what they were tasked to do, stayed here, grew apart, and this is the event that brings them back together. And what that means for the Marvel Universe, we'll see. Uh, and as far as the uh, the giant celestial, the red one that we see, um, people think, I believe I'm saying this right, I've only ever read it on the page, uh, that he is, uh, that this celestial is Arishem the Judge, who is a celestial that was tasked with deciding if beings on the planets that they kind of went to deserve to live or die. And then a little bit later in the trailer, we see another celestial that's green that uh, people think is uh, Jemia or Jemia the Analyzer, who uh, analyzes the progress of species and then reports to Arishem in the comics. So I think the big news about this is that the celestials really do look the way the celestials look when Jack Kirby introduced them in the comics. I think we're so used to... Uh, taking kind of the weirder parts of comic book universes and trying to ground them, Mm -hmm. um, kind of like Galactus, the giant storm cloud in the Fantastic Four Silver Surfer movie. And so it's really great, and Marvel has been doing this uh, throughout as they've gotten into the bigger and crazier stuff, is they're not trying to ground Celestials. They are saying Celestials look as fucking weird and crazy as they did in the 70s when Jack Kirby created them, and I think people are really excited about that as well. Yeah, yeah. I I like the trailer, love the trailer. Um, did a trailer reaction for it uh, 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 this morning. Uh, I got up and I was like, I'm going to jump in the shower and react to this thing. What the hell? Um, you should have done it from the shower. Yeah. You know what? I'm thinking of new ways to do it. And maybe the shower is not a bad idea. Um, also, maybe popping up from the window from behind. My, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Just playing around with ideas just to make them more interesting. But yeah, I thought it was Galactus. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna post it. and I'm going to look like an idiot, but I'm going to put it up there. I don't care. It's That's life sometimes. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's probably uh, act with the judge. The other, I saw uh, some other articles, and again, want to give credit to Vinny Mancuso over there at Collider, a guy I respect uh, his writing. He said that uh, the Green Celestial might be General Crow, who is in charge of the uh, Deviants. Yeah. Uh, so that could be a possibility here, uh, and kind of manipulating Thena, or you know, uh, kind of influencing Thena to turn to the other way. And Crow apparently has been around for quite some time. Vinny speculated that uh, Barry Keegan's character might be the real villain of the movie. Who knows? Uh, so there's a lot to explore here for sure. But I love that they addressed what you said, Michael they, uh, and Shannon. They addressed 
why the Eternals didn't interfere with all this kind of stuff. And there's no way they went back and reshot that because the fans were complaining about it. Okay. There's, there's no way that, that was, I think they were just building up to that. And then they heard the chorus of people complaining. I was like, okay, we better put some of those scenes in the new trailer. Then we better kind of make weave that in here to make it work because so many people are complaining about it. Um, I also think what's great about this is once again, as much as we love the MCU and the Avengers, like, the shit they do causes problems. This desire to turn back the five, the half the galaxy that was left or was killed or was murdered, instead of accepting the situation, they went violate all sovereignty, like uh, like Ross told them to stop doing with the Scovia Accords. They violated all galaxy sovereignty and turned everything back around. And look what we got: the emergence, the deviance, all this stuff that's happening here. So, to me, I was thinking to myself, like they they really this is. So interesting how they're going about doing this because it, it shows you the um, the invulnerable nature of the MCU heroes that you can put a lot of shit on them and legitimately point out their flaws and the things they've done that have caused the world to sometimes be worse. But it doesn't stay on them because the overall intention is to do good. The overall intention is to do the right thing. But the consequences you can't anticipate, and certainly, how could they have known the cosmic consequences of, of bringing back fi- uh, half the half the galaxy uh, or oh. half the planet, so to speak? So, yeah. And I think no matter which way you slice it, bringing back half the galaxy into existence is probably a good thing, even if there are unintended results. Maybe. I don't know. No, maybe. Oh, yeah, I feel like you know things happen. <laughs> you know, we saw Pet Cemetery. We saw what happened there. We saw, we saw in 1978 when Clark tried to when Clark brought back Lois. Big mistake, in my opinion. Don't violate the laws of nature, man. If things happen and you lost, you lost. Going back and you know turning off the video game before you lose that sports game and replaying that game. I don't care if you win that game, you still lost the game initially. So you know. It's but didn't Thanos? Things. Didn't Thanos violate the laws first? No, second, he violated them after, right? No, no, Thanos erased. Thanos erased. I mean, this isn't Eternals related, but if you want to get into it, it Thanos violated. Thanos violated the laws of nature by snapping everybody out of existence because he wanted to fix things, and then the Avengers just put everything back to the way it was, and violated Thanos's wish. Not necessarily the laws of nature. Pet Cemetery absolutely violates the laws of nature and i am scared of cats because of that smooth so i agree with you on that one i'm just saying thanos had a mission and he accomplished his mission it was the and 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 succeeded it was no, like no. The by violating the laws of nature i don't think so he had a mission he went and got it we got it done it was the avengers who took the cheap way out and put the what? put the glove on our Oh, God. Your, your argument is collapsing on its own. I really. This is why. Uh, this is why I can only spend about twenty minutes a day on Hayward Island before I have to helicopter myself out. Oh, oh you know God! What? Oh you come, God! You know, next time bring Puddin when you come visit. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I do. When, out there. What you were saying about the deviants, I do think there's two, there's two green dudes in the trailer. There is one oh, green oh, guy. There's one green guy who looks like he is in a celestial outfit, Good who point. I think is a celestial. And then there is the green dude who sort of has the tentacles and he's wrapped up with uh, with Thena, yes, with Angelina with Jolie. And I think that's who you're talking about, who does look yeah. to be the leader of the deviants. Yeah. Um. I, you what know, you, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, we're gonna. Ask. No, 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 no. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. No, I just I was just gonna say like I think like this trailer I think a lot of people why they were sort of unsure in addition to the fact that most comic book uh, geeks and fans for, forget about like if you're not a comic book guy even for people like us I mean I have to look up a lot about the Eternal because I'm not as familiar with them as I am with the Avengers or oh, yeah. X Men or other characters so I think when it was announced it was like okay this seems cool but what is it and even with that first teaser trailer it like I, in my opinion it was gorgeous and it got me really excited for the movie but you still were like I don't know that I have an emotional connection and I think this movie mm. did or this trailer did what the Marvel movies do so well which you all of a sudden started to get a real connection to these characters you really started to be more interested in who they are and what the dynamics are between them or at least yeah. that's how I took it um in even doing and you know the first teaser trailer did it good with all of them sitting around the table talking about who was going to lead the Avengers but here you had this epic sort of earth-shattering, bigger-than-Thanos kind of trailer with giant celestials in the sky, and you still end it 
with Richard Madden and Gemma Chan, uh, Icarus and Circe, uh, in Fastos's uh, Brian Tyree Henry, Brian, uh, his apartment, with Richard Madden thinking that it's like a safe house and thinking that the table is made of vibranium yeah. and destroying it, and him being like, mm, IKEA's fall collection. And I think, you know, it's like those little human moments in the midst of giant celestial craziness uh, that really, I think, is what gets people excited about these movies. Yeah, sarcasm, always in the Marvel Universe. Sarcasm, always. No matter if you're a celestial or a regular human being it's it's all there um or an asgardian god i suppose or an asgardian god what about you shannon any final words on this one i'm just excited to see where it goes i mean with the phase four films that they've announced um the new characters are shang chi yeah. and uh eternals and you know I, I imagine they will they will wait until both movies have come out to announce their sequels if there's going to be a sequel like i right. can see eternals there being a situation where all of them don't make it out because even though they're eternal, they can still be killed. So, and that's a big, it's a big group. There's nine of them or 10 of them. So I'm curious uh, which of them, which of them survive the first film. And if they go on to a second film, or if they're just sort of populated throughout the MCU after this. Mm. Good point. Yeah, I mean, well, along those lines, I mean, a couple things to note uh, if you are interested in sort of pouring over the trailers. Uh, Salma Hayek's character, Ajak, mm. who is the leader of the Eternals and a healer, uh, a man in the comics, but they turned it into a female role. She is only shown in flashback moments, like when they're on the ship mm -hmm. or when they're in the past. And with Richard Madden on the farm and in the other kind of modern day scenes, we don't see her as much as we see the others. So along Shannon's lines made me wonder uh, if that might be the case with her. And mm -hmm. also, as far as sequels go, Kit Harington's character, uh, Dane Whitman, who is dating uh, Cersei Gemma Chan at the beginning, in all the materials and all the discussion around him, he's only referred to as Dane Whitman. But in the comics, this character becomes the Black Knight. The Black which Knight. Is a big, yeah. yeah. And so along sequel things, a lot of people are wondering if he is Dane Whitman in this movie, and they're setting him up for a future Eternals movie or future MCU mm -hmm. movie to step into a bigger role. So I think there are a ton of possibilities as far as all that goes. Uh, and, and, and to John's point, the, the character of Druig, uh, you know, people are thinking mm. might, might be the villain. Other people are thinking Icarus might be the villain. So I think, yeah. like, who these Eternals are, what their opinions are about either humanity or following the order, orders that the Celestials tasked them with, I think this is going to be this thing where after 7,000 years, things have reached ahead and some of them think one thing and some of them think another thing. And I think that internal family conflict between them is really what's going to drive a lot of this movie. It's no different than the Avengers, and this is, you know, I know we've been glowing about the trailer, but this is also my concern as we walk into Eternals. What's going to be the difference between the Eternals and Avengers? Only that they've been around for seven thousand years or thousands of years. Like, I just want to. I wonder because they all have powers, they all can affect humanity, uh, and they all have different opinions possibly about what to do with humanity. So it's all it's very similar to the Avengers. So I think they've got their work a little bit cut out for them, making themselves seem different as a group. That the Avengers are as a group, and I and I'm curious to see how they handle that challenge. Because if we're seeing the same arguments again uh, in the Eternals that we saw in Civil War, that we saw in other Marvel movies that had the Avengers in them, I, it's going to be ground that we already trod. So what's going to make it bigger? Simply putting it out in space isn't going to be enough, in my opinion. You've got to have something different and an approach. And I trust that they do, and I hope that they do. Uh, in the end um, but after having seen Shang-Chi last night I'm not gonna spoil anything <clears throat> but connecting up to this trailer like it's weird to have the one two of these because it really shows you that they are bringing the cosmic fantastical level of the MCU up to they're turning it up to 11 uh, with what they're going forward doing now and the special effects and CGI are matching up to those intentions and that gets me really excited uh, over um, also of note, uh, and I think we've like we've brought this up on the show before and talking mm. about it, but uh, the Eternals actually, as in addition to being a very diverse group of heroes, uh, Brian Tyree Henry is playing a kind of the first L, the first LGBTQ hero character, yes. not yes. someone just sitting in a support group character. Uh, and then uh, Lauren uh, Lauren Ridloff, the uh, playing Makari, the speedster, is yeah. the MCU's first deaf hero who's played by a deaf actress. So I nice. think like that's really really interesting as well, and something that I'm excited to sort of see how all of that plays out. Right. And speaking of deaf, for the for the, for the love of God, please guys watch Coda. It's on Apple TV Plus. It's a fantastic movie with a deaf family hearing daughter. Incredible film. Um, all right. Uh, anything more to say on this? Shall we roll? 
Let's do it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, well, I hope you're excited about it. Uh, and let us know what you thought as well. Thanks for watching this episode of the Geek Buddies. Shannon, what do we got to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Um, well, if you like hearing the GBU talk about the MCU, the DCU, and all the other U's out there, here is what you can do for us. Uh, hit that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Uh, leave some comments below. Let us know what you thought of the Eternals trailer. Uh, let us know what you thought of Star Wars Visions. What do you think of all the stuff that's going on right now? What are your guesses? What are your fears? What are your hopes? What are your concerns? Um, if you are listening to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere where podcasts Podcasts are available. Uh, like John said, go ahead, go over there. Even if you're not listening, just pop on over, give us some stars, drop a comment. It helps us go up in the rankings so that people find us, which always means more buddies for us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do, retweet this video, tell everybody to check out the Geek Buddies, tell everybody how much fun you have. You guys all do a great job. Thank you for all the compliments to us. Thank you for putting us out there and telling everyone how much you enjoy the show. We really, really do appreciate it. Uh, when I'm having a crappy day, I go to Twitter and it makes me a little bit happier and I appreciate that. So thank you so much. And please keep on, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, I, someone put us in, in Fuego in flames on Twitter. I can't remember the person's name. I don't, or maybe I should look him up real quick because I know I have the picture in front of me. I want to give some love to this person because I thought that image was hilarious uh, overall. Um, do I have the image? Oh, maybe I don't. Oh, well, I must have deleted it. Sorry about that. But anyway, just want to give you love. Great, put, this is a great story. It's a great you know, so story. I'm sorry. I just say we're in flames. If you all want to start creating some art for the Geek Buddies, I would like to encourage you all to do so. We've got some announcements coming, and maybe, just maybe, we might use some of your artwork. So if some of you are incredible artists and want to create some fun logos or fun uh, artwork based on the Geek Buddies, please feel free to do so and DM us any of the art to any of us because I'm sure we'll share it with each other when we get it. So please feel free to do so on our social media channels and we'll give you some love. We'll definitely give you some love uh, here on the, the channel if we choose one that we like or choose a few that we like for sure. So just want to encourage I want you all. One. I want one that's like John as sort of like a Darth Vader character and me sure. as like Luke Skywalker and then Shannon as like R2-D2. Wow. Yeah. What a surprise. He put himself as the uh, lead guy in this with the two sons. I mean, uh, interesting. I call it like I see it. I call I it like, like I see it. I feel like Anakin makes the most sense for you a little bit. Uh, you know. And really, R2 is the ultimate hero of Star Wars. So thank you. That, that I can't argue with. That I can't argue with. That is true. <laughs> I'm not Vader. Uh, I'm Poe Dameron. Everybody knows that. All right. Anyway, let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. We love you madly. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode from the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.